Welcome to the podcast at thatguitarlover.com. I'm your host, Ross Chevalier. Hey folks, in this episode, we're going to take a semi-deep dive into the world of pickups. What I share will apply to pickups used in most any situation, but of course, systems can vary, so if something is not clear, please do reach out via the questions link on the website. Let's start at the top by understanding magnetic pickups. A magnetic pickup contains one or more permanent magnets. The magnets are commonly made of some metal alloy or ceramic materials. The purpose of the magnet is to create a magnetic field. A coil of wire is wrapped around the carrier for the magnet, often referred to as the bobbin, Bobbin materials vary, and so long as they're not going to impact the magnetic field, what bobbins are made of is irrelevant. Bobbins are often plastic and come in different colors. The colors make no electrical difference. They're purely cosmetic. Not a bad thing. But don't get caught up in the illusion that a zebra pickup is better than one that's only got black or some other color bobbin. The wire used to wrap around the bobbins is some type of electrical wire, typically a very narrow filament referred to by its gauge or sometimes its diameter. The higher the gauge number, the finer the wire. A very common pickup wire gauge is 42. The general requirement is to be fine enough to support a number of winds around the bobbin, but still thick enough not to snap if it gets mishandled or if you look at it funny. When metal strings vibrate, their movement in the magnetic field generates an electrical current. In a passive pickup, the most common, this current is actually quite low, and the wiring sends the signal to typically a volume potentiometer, and then a tone potentiometer, and then to an output jack. The signal goes from there via cable to an amplifier input that takes that signal and amplifies it in two separate stages. The first stage is called the preamplifier, and the second stage is called the power amplifier. When we talk about amplifiers, we typically refer to their power output in watts. The preamp is something independent. The strength and tonality of the signal is determined by the pickups magnetic field strength, which is directly influenced by the number of windings and the gauge of the wire. There are many who believe that the wire wrap, that is the coating for the wire, makes a difference. Although really it's the composition of the metal in the wire that actually impacts the magnetic field. You will hear about overwound and underwound pickups. This electrically means a change in the overall resistance and impedance of the pickup itself. Overwound tend to be hotter, more output. Underwound tend to be quieter, and they have less output. The choice of potentiometer also has a definite effect on the sound. However, there is a lot of hype around particular makers of potentiometers. A good potentiometer uses what's called an audio taper on the volume side, and a linear taper on the tone unit. Poor potentiometers will impact the tone, and better ones are not that much more expensive per unit, although volume builders will often go with the most inexpensive options that they can buy in large lots. 
Try not to get spun by the hype around potentiometer manufacturer or the number of wines on a pickup or what wire is wound or what wrap is on the wind wire. Most of the so-called classic or vintage pickups just used whatever materials were available at the time and they often varied significantly from day to day and week to week. If you've got a pickup and you like the sound of it, you're in good shape. And if you don't like the sound of it, well, there's about a zillion options available to you in the marketplace. Magnetic pickups are typically described as being single coil or humbucking, sometimes called humbuckers. The fundamental difference is that in a humbucking design, there is a second coil, bobbin and wire. And this is often referred to as the slug coil because it has magnets and winding that is opposite to the main coil. The secondary coil, because the magnetic field is reversed, serves only one purpose, and that is to reduce the amount of noise that a regular single coil wrapped bobbin will generate. True single coils are electrically noisy, but also have a very distinctive sound that tends to be a bit brighter, sometimes even more twangy. But it can also get quite shrill. The second coil in a humbucking pickup tends to lose that brightness as it gets cut back along with the noise. So humbucking pickups are often described as warmer or heavier than single coils. Some companies make what they call a noiseless single coil. It's actually a humbucking pickup, but where the slug coil is mounted below the main coil as opposed to beside it. A popular example of a single coil is what one would find in a Fender Telecaster or Fender Stratocaster. A popular example of a humbucking pickup would be the types of pickups found in a Gibson Les Paul or perhaps a Gibson SG. Pickup placement has a great impact on tone. As you can find on any guitar, when you pick closer to the bridge, the sound is brighter and has more snap. When you pick close to the neck, the sound is warmer and the high end less obvious. Many players leverage where they pick to control their tone and consequently may need to switch less frequently between pickups. But position of the pickup is designed to optimize a particular type of tone. Those closest to the bridge tend to be brighter. Those closest to the neck tend to be warmer. Some pickup systems offer what they call coil splitting or coil tapping for humbucking pickups. At a very high level, what this does is defeat the effect on the tone of the slug coil, allegedly to give a single coil-like sound. It's an approximation. Sometimes it works pretty well, and sometimes you really don't hear a lot of difference. It really depends on the pickup build. Other pickups offer out-of-phase options. This was actually originally discovered when Stratocaster players found that even though their pickup selector switch had three positions, you could get this interesting sound when the switch was held between the bridge and middle position or the neck and middle position. Fender figured out that this was pretty popular and started including a five-way switch to make achieving these positions consistent. The sound from position two and position four on a traditional three pickup Stratocaster style array produces an out of phase relationship that is not completely self-canceling and you get more of a kind of a quack 
type of tone. It doesn't really quack like a dot, but once you hear it, you know it. Position number four on a Strat is one favored by electric blues players, like a Stevie Ray Vaughan, for example. It can be a really lovely tone if the pickups are well-designed and good electronics are used. Magnetic alloy magnets come in different alloys, obviously. The most common is called Alnico, which is aluminum, nickel, and cobalt. Alnico comes in five standard alloy blends. Alnico 2, also pronounced as you noticed, Alnico. Alnico 2 is known to be warm and sweet sounding, with a pronounced mid-range, and is very popular with jazz, blues, and classic rock. Alnico 3 is a rarer alloy, having less output and more warmth than an Alnico 2. When found, it's typically used in a neck pickup or sometimes in a fingerboard-mounted pickup in a jazz guitar where the pickup is not actually mounted to the body at all. Alnico 4 brings the warmth of Alnico 2 with the brightness of what we will soon discover is called Alnico 5. It's a very balanced tonality and is used in both neck and bridge pickups. Alnico 5 pickups have lots of brightness and a really tight bass. They tend to be higher output and are used most often for harder rock and heavy metal. It's not to say that you cannot use an Alnico 5 for jazz or an Alnico 2 for metal. It just means that you may have to do some more work at the pre-amplifier tone stack to get the sound you want. An old alloy from decades ago has been recently reintroduced, along with enormous hype, particularly by Fender. This alloy is known as Cunife, C-U-N-I-F-E, which means an alloy of copper, nickel, and iron. The overall tone from these pickups is actually quite neutral, but the, as the magnets are different, they tend to be higher output and more easily drive a preamp into overdrive. While not obvious, the tendency of a preamp to overdrive is in the preamp itself and refers to what we know as the amount of available headroom. It really doesn't have as much to do with the output level of the pickup. However, a higher output pickup will use up the headroom quicker. Kunefe pickups do sound different from Alnico and from Ceramic. Not better, just different. However, despite the marketing BS, there's nothing particularly rare or magical about them. It's just a different alloy. And if you find a set that you like, and that's perfect, isn't it? Gold foil pickups are also getting a lot of hype, again, courtesy of Fender. Gold foils first appeared on inexpensive guitars from the Far East back in the late 50s and early 60s. Gold foil pickups are made from a foil or other metal that is colored gold and wrapped around an oval or rectangular bobbin. Be assured, there's no actual gold involved. The layers of foil are separated in the wrap by thin paper most commonly. The bobbins with their foil wrap are then placed in a typically rectangular box that is mounted to the surface of the guitar, rather than being inset into the body. The pickup cover, from whence gold foil allegedly would get its name, is really just some fine screen material painted gold. These pickups tend to be twangy with more brightness than bass, 
and are very popular in the genres of surf music and some rockabilly music. It's an old and inexpensive design, with a vaguely unique tonality, albeit with a lot less variability or flexibility than Alnico, Kunafe, or ceramic magnetic pickups. Ceramic magnet pickups use a wire wrapped around a ceramic magnet core. Ceramic magnets generate a much stronger magnetic field than those made with metal alloys. So, ceramic magnet pickups produce a much higher output with more bite and very tight base. Because of the nature of ceramics, these pickups tend to have less overall dynamic range, but have a more compressed and saturated tone. As you can imagine, this makes ceramic pickups ideal for high-gain styles of music. I mentioned earlier the concept of a passive pickup. Active pickups are an innovation, if you will, on passive pickups in that they use a power supply to generate a higher output level. Power supply is typically delivered by a 9-volt battery stuffed in the guitar somewhere. However, bases with active pickups, it's much more common that we'll find two 9-volt batteries in that base somewhere in order to deliver 18 volts of power. That means that dead batteries might mean no signal at all, although some active pickup installs have a passive option available to the player via a switch. The higher output from an active pickup set means a more aggressive tone. Active pickup systems also typically include a very rich, powered equalization system. This is found consistently on bass guitars, particularly, that use active pickups. They offer defined and refined bass, mid-range, and treble controls, and often will even have selectable cue points for the mid-range. This means a lot more electronics in the body and time investment required by the player to learn what all the different switches and knobs do. Instruments with active pickups often use stacked potentiometers, these have dual wipers in the body of the pot where the top of the knob does one thing and the ring between the top and the physical instrument body is doing something different. Active pickups have massive dynamic range and by their nature, they're preamplified before the signal even leaves the instrument. Some amplifiers, particularly modern bass amplifiers, will have an active passive switch on the input or may even offer separate inputs for active or passive pickups. I'd be doing you a disservice if I did not spend some time on piezoelectric pickups. Piezo, piezo, lots of ways to pronounce it. I'm just going to go with piezo for simplicity. These pickups, commonly known as piezos, are used with acoustic instruments or to make an electric guitar be able to send an uh, vaguely acoustic signal, either through a dedicated output or through a tippering shield output jack, where you would then split the signal afterwards so the signal from the magnetic pickup goes to one amp and the piezo signal goes to an acoustic amp. These pickups work by what's called the piezoelectric effect. This happens when a mechanical vibration results in an electrical signal being generated by a polymer strip, or more commonly a fitment that contains piezoelectric crystals. 
there's a significant misrepresentation that piezoelectric pickups produce a flat EQ signal. It's not true at all. And for those using piezoelectric pickups, there's a fair bit of equalization work required to flatten that curve out, as these pickups tend to favor higher frequencies, and as they produce current based on the vibration frequencies of the crystals themselves, have a tendency to be quite spiky. Some people, myself included, find piezoelectric pickups to be very nasal sounding, and often are referred to as getting an ice pick in the ear hole. Successful piezoelectric pickup systems include either a built-in equalizer built into the system or an outboard equalizer. An external parametric equalizer can do a really fine job of making the signal from a piezoelectric pickup very, very usable. Many manufacturers advocate running the output direct to a PA, public address system. And a lot of the so-called acoustic amps are really just little PAs. And you'll know it when you hear it. It can be really unpleasant. However, a really great acoustic amp like an AER can tame a piezoelectric pickup signal and produce wonderful tone. Now, before piezos became popular, earlier acoustic pickups used a contact pickup mechanism that either contained a small magnetic pickup or, on the even earlier ones, a tiny condenser microphone. They tended to be noisy, and if attached to the body of the guitar, picked up all the noise from the body being tapped or knocked or rubbing against clothes or, back in the day, against giant ornery belt buckles. Today's contact pickups typically attach to the bridge plate inside the body. This improves the overall sound while reducing body noise. There are now even combination systems available that combine contact pickups attached to the bottom of the bridge plate alongside an in-body goosenecked high impedance condenser microphone and then takes both signals and combines them at the output. The Maiden Acoustics from Australia use this method, and in my opinion, it is the best pickup method for an acoustic instrument other than the challenge and inconvenience of directly miking it. I hope that you found this episode on pickups helpful. Pickups are fundamentally simple devices, but different magnets have an impact on sound. So too does the wrap in terms of the wire and wind count albeit to a lesser extent than the magnets themselves. Active pickups offer the maximum dynamic range, with a much more complex infrastructure and the requirement for external power. There are lots of choices, and there's always a risk of option paralysis when pickup shopping, so always feel free to send an email or post a comment. I read and respond to all of them. As always, thanks very much for listening. Please subscribe to the articles and the podcast, so you get notified when a new one is posted. I'm Ross Chevalier, and until next time, peace.